Welcome back to the Act Two podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I'm Josh Hallman. We are going to do a multi-part series on pitches because we feel like it's one of the most important things that we do as a writer. And I hate that fact, but it is what it is. So we're going to start talking about today just kind of general aspects of what a pitch is and all the different kinds of pitches there are but in future episodes we will talk about like the techniques of pitching um we're gonna go into if you use a pitch script what should your pitch script actually look like and we'll even do some practice pitches for you so that you can actually see what a pitch kind of sounds like and looks like in an actual room yeah, down the road, all that cool stuff is happening. But until that moment happens, right now is dedicated for, hey, what's a pitch? What's the deal? Let's talk about it. Yeah, because I feel like if you've never pitched or if you're fairly new at pitching, um, it's, it is a mystery. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that back to you. I feel like I've talked to um, writers who have been like nominated for Academy Awards and they still are like, how do you pitch? Like, what, what do you do? Like, what's a tip and trick that you do? Here's what I do. There's still like a, it's a constant learning process. It is. And I've said this to you before. I'm going to say it again, but you have turned into a master pitcher. It's true. You're like the Lego builder who <laughs> you were like building up to be the master Lego builder. And it happened. I saw it happen. I saw the evolution. You saw the evolution because that means that you saw when I sucked. And I didn't even know. I thought you were great back then. And then all of a sudden now you're pitching like four to five times a day. And it's it feels like it. It feels like it. Um, do we want to talk generally first about just even what a pitch is? Yeah. A pitch is you going into a room with producers buyers, I mean, you know, studios, someone who's, who's going to hopefully give you a job and you telling them, here's the story I want to tell and convincing them to pay you money to write that story and, or write it for free. Because <laughs> oftentimes you will pitch so that you can write something on spec, um, which is something we will talk about, not in this episode, but in future episodes, uh, you know, whether or not to do that. But you are essentially going into a room and talking about a story, walking someone through a story in a way that gets them super excited. So they want to hire you. Boom. What I think I really love about it is like, as a screenwriter, you're always pitching, no matter what. I know we're talking about being in the room and whatnot, but this isn't something like you can't practice. You're literally always practicing it when you're talking to anybody about what you're working on. It's like you're pitching yourself at all times. At all times. It's really horrible because I thought when you become a writer, you just write and your success depends on what's on the page. And that turned out to be very, very false. And I actually wonder if like younger Tasha, if someone had told me that, if I would have been like, you know what, then I'm going to choose a different career where I can yeah. be more by myself. <laughs> yeah. It's, screenwriting is so much more than just writing for sure. Yeah. And I think it's extremely important because um, I will say that a lot of universities will tell their film students that pitching is not important. And mm -hmm. I think what they're, they mean by that is that back in the heyday of those professors, 
pitching at one point in this business um, had been, it, it had been easier to sell a pitch is what I mean. Like you could walk into Universal or walk into Warner Brothers with an original pitched idea, pitch it in a room with a bunch of executives and they'd be like, wow, that's so great. I'm going to buy that. And that's not that doesn't tend to be how people get jobs now. It certainly happens, but it's not typically how you get a job just because I think the business aspect of it has changed and people are less willing to throw money across the table at someone with a crazy new idea um, that sure. doesn't have like a book behind it that has proven to be successful or it's based on a cartoon that they've seen done really well in Korea. Um, it's just very rare to come in and just pitch something and, and get that job. But that doesn't mean, as Josh said, you are not pitching all the fucking time. So the different kinds of pitches you're going to do in your career. Why don't we start there? Yeah, there, there's so many. And I think the first and sort of most obvious one is the open writing assignment where a producer or a studio they say look we have an idea i remember for one job i got um i came in it was a general meeting and the woman said yeah we really want to do a movie about fairies and mm -hmm. i was like oh cool what like what's your idea and she's like we don't have one but we saw this picture and she literally shows that like a piece of paper that was on her desk that she had to like dig through her mail and other things. And she pulls out this picture and it's just like a picture someone found on the internet of a fairy and they're like, nothing special. And they're wow. like, so we want to do a movie about this. And I was like, okay, well, I really enjoy fantasy. I really enjoy fairies. And at the time I was very desperate for work. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to put something together for you. And I came in and I pitched a totally original, crazy action movie idea with fairies. Okay. And that came from someone saying we have a quote unquote idea. But that idea that a producer has can vary from a picture to a kind of a more fully fledged idea. I know you've definitely gone in pitches where someone has said like, I, I want this to be about, uh, you know, a, a brother and a sister relationship uh, set against the backdrop of, I don't even know what, <laughs> um, and I want it to be an action adventure movie, but I don't really know what the story is. Can you come up with something? Yeah. And it's, it's, I think it's better also when you are given those parameters to pitch within, because if not, I mean, it's, it's great to have as much, you know, space as you want, but it's also cool to have kind of like markers where like, okay. This is what it is. This is this. I can play with inside of like a certain shape rather than just kind of coming up with some crazy idea then getting done with the pitch. And they're like, that's not at all what we were looking for. It is really hard. And that's a big tricky part about pitching is it's it's like that that phrase about porn. Like I, I won't know what it is until I see it. Like that's kind of what about it is. With, <laughs> that, was, that was like the, the classic sort of congressional uh, comment about porn. Anyways. Moving off of porn and back to, to pitching. <laughs> I feel like that's how it is with producers where if they they have an idea and it's not a fully fledged thing, um, it will often be like they have no idea what they want. And that is so hard for a writer to figure out. And that's something I think we can talk about a little bit later, maybe in a, in a different episode, because it, it is such an important uh, lesson that I've had to learn from pitching is that you really just can't predict what someone wants. And so don't even bother <laughs> because like with this fairy idea, how the, how the fuck are you supposed to go home with a picture of a fairy and know what this company wants? You just can't. 
So all yeah. you can go from is your writer's instincts and the things that drive you and the things that you're passionate about. Um, so when they do have more parameters, it is very helpful because it at least gives you some kind of guidance. Um, so like the next thing that they could have an open writing assignment for that they want to bring someone in for is a like we have an IP, a piece of IP. So a piece of intellectual property, which means like a book, a comic book, an mm -hmm. article, a podcast. Um, I remember recently someone in our writers group actually said that they were pitching on something that had come from an article someone had read. And I don't even know if they'd actually gotten the rights to this article. It sort of didn't matter. It was just that the article inspired an idea in the producer that they thought was interesting. And they wanted to build a whole movie around this one idea. Wow. This one concept. Um, but they're they're not writers, right? These producers aren't writers. They usually can recognize a good idea like anyone else, but they're not writers. So they need a writer to come in to figure out <laughs> how do I make this this cool concept I saw in this article actually yeah. work as a movie. So you have to go in and pitch. And are you saying that you have to then pitch that concept to the producer? Well, they give you the concept, right? They give you like, I saw this cool concept in an article. How do you make a movie out of that? Right. And often they'll say like, Tasha, I don't know how to make this work, <laughs> but I think there's something cool here. And mm -hmm. so you have to go home and pound your head against the wall and try and figure out how, how it works as a movie or a TV show and, and pitch it back at them. And again, they don't know if there's no like right or wrong answer, like in school, right? Like, you know, <laughs> you have, it's a very specific answer that a teacher is looking for um, and it's right or wrong. That's just never the case in pitches. Yeah. You just have to trust your gut. That's it. That's all you have to go on. It's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, it is pretty terrible. But what's cool about it is like, as long as you kind of follow what you really like and what's true to you, not to sound like that guy, like I'm sounding like moonbeam guy, like, like <laughs> esoteric, like, oh, could you stare at the stars? Says but, the guy who tells you to meditate every morning. I mean, not meditate, just think, just focus. No. Um, is that... Uh, I feel like you can rest easy knowing that you did the best that you could do, if that makes any sense, rather than trying to like chase the market and chase what's going on where you're like going to regret what you say later on. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's the theme of this episode, I think, <laughs> is just to kind of always follow your gut. Like an example that just came up is I have an opportunity to adapt a video game into an animated television show. And the parameters I was given because it's a popular video game is very specific because they don't want to mess up the video game, right? <laughs> for, for all those fans out there. So I was given this big PowerPoint about what I can and cannot do and where the show can fit um, in like the timeline of this video game. Now, they don't have any idea what the story is the producers, they expect me to figure that out. They expect me to figure out the character journey and they know like the touch points they want to hit because it's a video game and it's popular for a reason. So they want to hit those points. But beyond that, they have no fucking clue. And that's what they're looking for, right? They come to writers because they want their creative brain. They, they want their brilliant ideas and they want whatever their tone is. Like someone's going to come to you for that really good, like heartfelt action adventure movie. 
Yeah, and that's yeah, what they, sure. they know that they want that from you. They just can't tell you exactly how, how to do it. So it's your job to come in and, and tell them to guide them. So that's going to be my job is to figure out like, what does the character want? What are the themes? How does it go? They go about doing that. What does the arc look like? Um, it's not stuff they know that's all going to be on you to pitch. So that's, again, like it's, it's less just pitching a story and more like you're actually breaking an entire TV show or an entire movie for them um, and hoping they'll pay you at the end of it. Yeah. Another way that you might get a pitch is that we have a script that we own and we don't like it and we want someone to come in and rewrite it and make it better. Could you read this script for us and then come pitch back to us what you would do to make it better? And it's interesting because you would think that's easier, <laughs> but actually when, when I've had to do that, I've still had to spend just as much time as if it was original because yeah. you, you aren't just coming in and saying, okay, in this section, I would do this and you just pitch that section. That's not really how the pitch tends to work. There are of course exceptions, but that's just never been my experience. Even though it's a rewrite of another script, I will come in and pitch the entire story again, because mm -hmm. usually my take of this script is going to be a new kind of energy. It's going to maybe even have new themes to it. And I can't just go in and be like, at the break of act two, I'm going to do this instead of what you currently have. Because no one wants to sit through a pitch meeting where that's what the writer's telling them. They want to sit through a pitch meeting that's fun and exciting. And so you still want to tell a very full story. Um, and so that's let me ask you, in that scenario, when you're pitching uh, from a script, are there does the producer say to you, hey, we want to keep X, Y, and Z. Like we want to keep certain elements to this, but everything else isn't working. Or do you has it happened to you where they're like, blow it up, do whatever you want, keep the core idea? Both. Um, definitely both. And it's funny because as we were kind of talking about, they don't, <laughs> they still don't know what they want, even in a rewrite oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And that's like, sometimes you'll go in and they are very surgical. Like they, they very specifically just want you to make this script funnier. Okay. Then just pay attention to those moments. But when I've, when I've gone out for, for rewrites, it's usually because they need a pretty big rewrite. And um, it's interesting because in one in particular, it's kind of burned in my mind because it was a big lesson for me, was they said, we specifically, we specifically want it to look like this. And we specifically don't want this to happen. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I can work around that. No problem. I go in and I pitch. I can tell they really like it. And they're like, well, it's, it's between you and one other writer. And then I eventually get a call back. And it's like, we went with the other writer because they did x and i was like but you told me not to do x you specifically said not to do that and so wow. i built my entire pitch around you you being confident that you knew what you did not want and they're like well we didn't know we didn't want it until we heard it <laughs> so i mean i take whatever lesson you want from that my lesson was not to pay attention to them <laughs> and to just <laughs> go with my heart and go with what i feel is good for the story even if it's kind of thinking outside the box outside their own box. <laughs> that they right, right, right. There we go. We're touching on the theme again is just trusting yourself. Yeah. And, and this recent job that I have is also a rewrite. And um, it was interesting because this company in particular had done um, many years of drafts on this one script and they just couldn't quite get it right. And so my job was to come in and to, to pitch how I would fix all of their problems. And again, sure. I just pitched a full story as if it was an original 
idea. Um, but before I even started with my pitch, I got a call from the producer walking me through exactly what they wanted to keep. Um, and by exactly, I mean like this scene here, it's not working as is in the script, but we love this idea and we'd like you to work it in somehow. We love gotcha. this relationship. We want you to work it in somehow. So I had clear parameters and what kind of is hard about that is it's more of a puzzle at that point than it is like, oh, I'm going to come up with this really cool new idea. It's going to be brilliant. And I'm just going to like fly by the seat of my pants and go with my gut. It's like, oh, there are puzzle pieces I actually have to fit into this idea to make it work. Um, right, right, right. Which is definitely the harder part of rewrite pitches. But yeah. And in that case, you trust the producer and you say, I am not changing any of this. God, yeah. I mean, in this in this particular case, I did because they had been working for many, many years on this script. So they had seen so many different versions that at mm -hmm. this point they knew. And also what made me trust them a little bit was, or I guess a lot, was that there was also a director attached who was saying these things. So this director also wanted those things to happen. Now, what I did do was I got creative with how those things happen. And I think that's where you have the creative leeway. It's like, okay, yeah. if you want this relationship to happen, great. I'm going to kind of change how we get into that relationship. I'm going to change the backstory of that relationship and also how it progresses. But the core of this relationship, I'm going to keep. And they ended up liking it. So that's that's learning about taking the puzzle pieces and kind of making them your own in that case. Moving on to other kind of pitches we're going to do. Something you know all about. You call it the bake-off. Bake-offs are terrible. And I highly... What's the opposite of recommend? <laughs> <laughs> you, sound, you sound scarred from it. I just saw your face. <laughs> They're terrible. Okay, so a bake-off is, is, is... Another word would be like a cattle call. <laughs> um, if, if that gives you a clue to how people feel about them. It's usually when there are like more than five writers going out to pitch for the same project. And producers do this because there's no downside for them, right? Like they get to hear a shit ton of writers come in with really great ideas and it's mm -hmm. no skin off their back. They have to hear like 20 pitches. It's just like an hour out of their day. Whereas for writers, it takes me anyways about a month <laughs> to come up with a pitch. You may work faster. I get it. But usually I feel like the general time is like a month. And that means over a month you're breaking an entire movie or you're breaking an entire TV show so you can come pitch it to these people. But you're competing against 20 other great ideas. So the likelihood of you getting that job is just really, really tiny. And By the way, do you think a month is like, is that the standard time? Have you talked to other people about how long it takes them to prep for a pitch? I feel like that's average, but I also feel like if you're in the major leagues, I've heard like, um, one of your friends, actually, one of your friend producers, um, I had to go pitch for a, a pretty big movie that I really, really wanted. And she was like, you have two weeks. I was like, two weeks to break an entire, she's like, are you going to do it or not? I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Oh my God. That's a good impression. I know, I know who you're talking about too. That's a good impression. Um, yeah, two but weeks sounds normal. But there normal. was even a sense from her that she knew two weeks was cutting it tight, but also that she didn't care and that like writers will pull it off if they have to. So I think ideally I'd love a month, but if I have to do shorter, I will. I just won't sleep. Okay. How long does it take you to do it? Yeah, like two weeks. Really? I would say so. Like, but if you remember the l most recently, 
I, um, I like canceled things in my life. Like we had a writer's group. I'm like, I can't do it. I have to focus on this. I have to get these certain things done. But to be honest, it took like a week. I just wow. felt good about it. And you pitched it perfectly. So maybe it's just you're feeling it. I was feeling it. Did we did we cover all of the bake off? The bake offs, you're just pitching against other people and it sucks. It does suck. And I, I would discourage you. There we go. That's the opposite I recommend. Discourage. I would discourage you from doing them. Um, although I did. I was like, there is no word. There is no other word. I couldn't even think. <laughs> um, but in that year of like me pitching 12 pitches, one a month and my kind of um, hellish hell. Hell, hell year of, of pitching. I did a lot of bake-offs because I was very desperate. And I think um, the one thing I learned is try to be as targeted as you can when you're doing a bake-off because the reality is you're going to have to do a bake-off at some point because getting a job is hard. And if you have mm -hmm. an opportunity to pitch, even if it's against 20 people, who cares? That's an opportunity to pitch and get a job. Um, I would say just try to be targeted because at the end of the day, you know, for me again, it takes a whole month. And what I found in that year where I was just pitching, 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 pitching all the time that when I didn't get the job, I didn't have any work to show for the end of the year. I didn't have a spec. I didn't have even an outline. I didn't have anything of my own that I could show. Um, so my career did not advance that entire year, even though I was working the entire yeah. year for free. And so that's just something to keep in mind. But that benefited you in the long run, all those pitches, right? I mean, it definitely taught me a lot about pitching. So yeah, I mean, in that year, I had to get a, a second job. Um, I, had to, I had to go back to Universal where I was an assistant and work in their story department, which felt very humiliating, but it was, I, I had no choice. I had, I couldn't get a job to save my life. Um, yeah. Gotta so do yeah, gotta I mean, do. you, you got to do those bake-offs in that case. And so I guess then just kind of breaking this down is... At the core, how do you get a pitch? Like, how do you get, or excuse me, how do you get a pitch meeting? I usually get them through my reps who, as you said before, they like have their ear to the ground about what kind of job opportunities are out there. Um, like a studio could tell an agency like, hey, we're looking for um, someone to come pitch on this action thriller set in Hong Kong. Do you know any Chinese writers who've been there or something like that? Wow, um, it's very specific. It's very specific. And sometimes they are that specific. Or like, hey, you know, a producer might send a book to a bunch of agencies and be like, who do you have that's great for this book? Uh, yeah. Fantasy book with you know, action mob elements to it or something. Um, so there's there's that way through your rest. Yeah, so always is coming through the through your reps or connections whether if you know a producer uh right i mean that's pretty much it reps producers reps and producers yeah I'm trying to think like again like with everything it's just going to be your network of friends and and that's why also when you have generals and you're following up with people that becomes very important because that becomes your network that could eventually get you a pitch yeah um, i've definitely had people call me out of the blue who I met two years ago, a year ago, whatever. And they're asking if I want to come in to pitch on something. So that yeah. definitely happens. You're pitching all the time. It, it should be noted that my pitches are far and few between, but you Tasha every week, every day, sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs> so 
you get I don't this, think that's a good thing. <laughs> you get uh you get this pitch meeting. You're going in, you're going to pitch to a producer or an executive. What's what does that look like? What happens when you're in the room? Or in this case, what happens when you're on a Zoom call? Um, it's very similar to a general, honestly. Uh you you go in and there's a lot of small talk. And then there's always a really poor segue into the pitch. Yeah. It's always very awkward because really we're just here so you can just hurry up and pitch and we can all move on with our lives. <laughs> yeah. Are we um, doing this? Let's go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you go and you try to make it sound as fun as possible. And generally you want to keep your pitches between 15 to 25 minutes. 25 is really pushing it at the end yeah how long are your pitches like, usually me, like i want to do like 12 to 15 oh man and then it goes to like 20 if you remember most recently there was a pitch that i was like i need to get this to like 15 minutes and it was like 21 22 and i was having a panic attack about it because i didn't know how to like get it down did you end up getting it down to 15 like 17 or 18 all right it's pretty good yeah yeah, I it's interesting when I first start like when I do my first draft of my pitch script, it's usually like 35 to 40 minutes. <laughs> and, and the pitch then, script obviously being the script of your pitch. Yes, it's literally yes. word for word what I'm going to say. It's a script for sure. And and yeah, it's usually that long in my first draft and I have to continually whittle it down until it's 20. I don't think I've ever pitched anything that's less than 20 minutes, honestly. Oh. I don't know if I could. You I don't could. Know if I'm physically capable of doing this. You're, you're going to just throw up halfway through. <laughs> like, I can't do this. I'm exhausted. <laughs> just bring, how do people do this? <laughs> and so you, you're word for word. You don't do any bullet points or anything like that. It's, oh, it's no. exactly. Okay. I've tried that and I wander like crazy and I start making zero sense and I get real nervous. I start sweating. I read in the, like, it's a whole process <laughs> that happens if I just have bullet points in front of me. I need every word. Have you found that it's different in the room compared to uh, Zoom? You feel more comfortable. Like it, it, it is my opinion that like from a computer, it's like you're, you're golden. You can pitch anything. It's so much easier. You have like everything in front of you. You have this crutch. But when you're in a room and you're around people, it's just very intimidating because you could slip up and your brain just fries and you could just run out of there. Yeah. I actually sort of have a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, pitch it. Because, yeah, when you're talking about before the the age of Zoom, um, there would be people who would come with full, like you, like a 20-page script that they just like had stapled together and he, they printed it out. And I've heard producers say how, how much they absolutely abhor that. It's just like their worst nightmare for a writer to sit down across from them and have like a booklet that they have to get through. <laughs> because it, mm, if you can yeah. imagine from the other person's point of view, the producer, they're watching you turn the page and they're just looking at like, how many more pages left do we have of this, right? right. So there's that version. There's people who would who come with in, little index cards that are, as you described, they're just like kind of bullet points. This is what I'm going to hit. And that tends to be easier because one thing that I was told by my agents actually when I was um, first started pitching was don't have anything in front of you that's 
big, like a computer or like a really big iPad or anything that kind of feels like it separates you from the producers. You want to feel like an inclusion. And so index cards become a really great thing because they're really tiny. Uh, What I would do is I had a mini iPad and that was really helpful. I just made the font really big so I could follow it. And I just had that and I could just easily go back and forth. So that was good. Um, But to answer your question about Zoom in particular, yes, you don't have to have any gadgets with you. You just put your script right in front, like right beneath your camera. And it looks like you're talking to them very naturally, but you're actually reading a script, which I love because I am very scripted. Um, But I remember when the pandemic first started, there were so many conversations from the producer and them trying to sell pitches to the writers panicking as well of like, oh, fuck, what do we do now in this pandemic age of pitching over Zoom? How the hell do you sell a pitch over Zoom? Because it's so hard to sell a pitch as it is. And a big part of selling a pitch is your energy in the room. And how do you convey that over a computer? And so my answer is that you have to, I'm I'm already really elevated when I go into a pitch, just because that Sasha Fierce thing that we talked about for generals, you know, it's just like, you have to put on this sort of bigger personality to get people excited. Of course, everyone could, it's your nerves. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then Zoom, I think you have to amp that up by a factor of 10. You just have to be much bigger for people to, because they can just easily be scrolling on their phones because now, now just as you can have your script up and they don't know, like they could have their iMessages up and you don't know. So it's just easier for people to be distracted. It's terrifying to think about that because you're like, oh, of course they're, they're going to listen to me, but actually are they? Yeah. Are they even looking at you or are they looking at something else entirely? Yeah. (laughs) You have no idea. Oh God. Well, anyway. (laughs) I think something, though, that Zoom does give us is the opportunity to do some visual, like fun visual stuff to keep people entertained. Yeah. I mean, you can, of course, also do that in a room. It's just it just looks different, which is something we'll talk about in a different episode when we go more specifically into what pitches look and sound like. Um, But visuals just look differently now that you're on Zoom. And just to go back to what you were saying about people kind of freaking out and producers freaking out about like, how is this going to happen over Zoom? What are we going to do? The interesting thing is that we adapted and everyone just kind of adapted to it. Now it's the new normal. And that's really interesting. And we've talked about how everyone's just kind of adapted during this time and you can't even really remember what it used to be like. It's just weird. It's really weird. And so I I wonder how, like we had talked about in the general meetings, how many general meetings are going to be over Zoom how many pitch meetings are going to be over Zoom? I bet you that's going to it's going to change a little bit. Yeah, I think Zoom's just so easy. It's so easy. Do you think it's better for a writer to do Zoom than it is to be in the room? Because you're you're someone in particular. You said that you would prefer in person generals because of that exact thing. Like you want to be able to kind of really feel a person in the room and make a connection. I would prefer in person, still. But I really like the idea of having paper in front of you. I know you think that I don't write things down. However, I do have scripts. I do have things. And it's even if I don't look at it, it's just that like comfort level of just knowing just in case you slip up, which happens to everyone, or your brain just misses a beat, you can look at this paper and just just keep going. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, what does your pitch script look like? 
we're going to get into pitch scripts in a different episode more in detail, but just kind of generally, what does your pitch script look like? Yeah, I'll write it out word for word. Word for word. All right. So it's not just yeah. like big ideas or in this section, no, but I really want to talk about this. But I will say that I don't follow it completely. It's like I'm saying, it's more of the comfort level. It's just knowing that just in case I can look at it and know exactly where I am and get right back on track. Yeah. But I have the tendency See, to ad lib very often. I tried often. that. I tried that exact thing where I had a script, but I was like, I'm going to be super casual with it and just have it here. But then I found myself like talking about things too early or just like messing up the setup of something. So when I was like, oh shit, I forgot where I am. Let me go back to my script. My script no longer mattered because I had already fucked it up so bad in my ad lib. Have yeah. you ever had that happen? Yeah, but I feel like you have to memorize it. Like, at least 90% of it because you can always kind of get yourself back on track. Okay. So you have your script, you memorize it as if you're going to do it word for word anyways, but then you're just looser with the conveyance of your memorized script. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I don't just go in there and, you know, wing it, which is what I think you think I do. I do, but it's a compliment actually hidden <laughs> as uh, uh why can't I think of words today? The opposite the word. Opposite <laughs> <of a> compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Because you I, seem so effortless with your pitching. It seems so natural that it doesn't wow, seem Wow, thank scripted. you. It's only because I uh, know exactly what I'm trying to say, I think. When it works, it's because, you know, you know exactly where you're going and what you're trying to say. And that's what I think. I mean, I'm shaking my head because I feel like I know what, where everything's going, but I still can't be as casual as you. Maybe Can I tell a you a quick story? Thing? Please do. Okay. Not to get too far off track, but this is going to come together. It was eighth grade. I was in Wisconsin. Oh my God. I'm I was so in excited. A, I was in a forensics competition, which is where you tell stories in front of uh, like panels and people. You ju it's basically storytelling. And uh, you get like, you know, well, you're giving me a look like, do you know what this is or no? No, no, I'm excited. Keep going. Okay. So in seventh grade, I came in third place. I did a Bill Cosby monologue, which was about, I don't know, five minutes long about something. But I, I had it memorized. Like, it was amazing. I knew it inside and out. I just crushed it. Eighth grade, I did something where now I'm coming off of seventh grade. It's a year later. You know, I'm about to go to high school. I'm king of eighth grade. And um, I, I kind of didn't know this, this new monologue that I was going to do. And I really, I was kind of winging it. Like I knew like 50% of it. It was like a pitch basically. And so I get up in front of about 40 or 50 people. And I, my sister was there who was like had the script and you point to the person to kind of get you back on script if you, oh, if you uh -huh. fall off. And so I'm given this like story that, by the way, I wrote with my mom. So this was a net, this was a, this was a true story. This was like, uh, you know, I, I got off of Bill Cosby. I did my own thing and I ended up forgetting all of it. And as I was forgetting it, I kept pointing to my sister and she just kept giving, I was like, line, line, line. And she kept giving me this line. But while this was happening, like my neck was turning red and like my face was turning red. And I started to see my sister laughing at me. And I end up having like this total breakdown in eighth grade and I left eighth grade and I thought to myself, 
never again will I wing something like that. <laughs> and to this day, when I pitch, I think of my eighth grade forensics. And that's why I have to know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh my God. That is that, so That was amazing. a really long ramble. No, I love you know. it. And I think it's so, it's, I feel like you have to make those terrible, embarrassing mistakes in order for you to like course correct and learn. I mean, that's definitely what happened to me. In eighth grade? Not that exact, <laughs> exact thing. Not as bad as that, but. That <laughs> <laughs> was bad, man. It was real bad. I love that Well, story. getting getting back to real life, where are we? Did I just get us off track again? No, no. Um, so yeah, we talked about whether you use pitch cards or or pitch script. Um, I think just kind of sort of wrapping up, but kind of what are your overall general pieces of advice for pitching? My advice is what we kind of just talked about. Know exactly what you're going to talk about in the pitch. But my biggest overall thing is to try to convey an emotion or an like a big idea. When I focus on pitches, I don't really, of course you focus on the story, but I always like to think of like creating an emotion or an atmosphere, which is why a lot of times I just come in hot Yeah, and it's just to kind of like keep it at a certain level. That's my take, but know what, know what the hell you're talking about. Most and most of all. Creating an atmosphere is a really great idea. That That's very important. Again, we, we kind of talked about at the top of this that a pitch is as much a sales pitch as it is a story pitch, right? Like don't get caught up uh, so much in the story that you forget that you're trying to sell something. And I think uh, allowing producers to see the atmosphere of what you're pitching, just like so that they understand that this is a movie <laughs> and they can kind of imagine it in their head. That's a really important piece of advice to remember when you're pitching. I often forget that to be totally honest. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like anything. It's like, you're just trying to create an emotion. Like, I don't think people walk away from things like, Oh wow, that story was amazing. It's more of like, that made me feel good. That's my take. I think that's awesome. That's an awesome take. And I, I forget that a lot. And I think that's maybe where um, I'm complimenting you and what I'm picking up on of like a thing that je ne sais quoi that you have that I don't is that I mm. get so caught up in making sure the story makes sense in my brain and that it, it's so that, you know, when someone asks me a question at the end of the pitch, I have an answer. I've created the movie in this very like, um, you know, surefire airtight way. And I often will forget to just set the scene and just bring people into it. So like one of the best bits of advice I ever got was from my agents early on in my career. They very graciously were like, every time you pitch, come into us first, come into our actual office down in Beverly Hills and all the fancy land and pitch, practice pitch to us and we'll give you notes. And it helped me so much when um, my, my agent at one point was like, and this was for actually a rewrite. No, no, it was for a book. That's what it was. It's for a book. And I started my pitch by talking about all the things in the book that I liked and didn't like, and then launched into what I would do with the book. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, 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 <laughs> don't do any of that. <laughs> like the producers have read the book. They know what the book is. Um, just tell your story. Like you're sitting around a campfire. Oh, and right. that's it. Like, that's all you need to do 
to to tell this story. You don't have to talk about what you like, don't like. You don't have to do that shit. They're going to know that <laughs> as you're telling the story because you're going to leave stuff out that you don't like. You're going to put stuff in that you do like. And that right. was just like a big for some reason like that opened things up for me to 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 pitch in that way. And what's interesting is that before that and the reason why I was pitching the way I was pitching in the room that they didn't like was because I was desperately reading about other people and what they do in their pitches. And I had read something about like a pretty high level writer said this is how I pitch books. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm obviously going to copy this this writer. They're so so successful and yeah. to have my agents be like, no, don't do that. A, it just tells you there are many different ways to pitch because that writer was successful pitching that way. But B, what mm -hmm. worked for me was trying to think of it more as a campfire story. That's perfect. That's a really long answer. No, it's not. I actually think about that often as well. It's like, I guess that's also what I'm saying is like trying to create that atmosphere and energy where you're just kind of pulling people in. It's like you're putting your arms around them, giving them a nice big virtual hug and saying, come with me on this journey. I love that so much. <laughs> when we get into more detailed bits about how to pitch, I cannot wait to hear how you do that. I'm very excited to learn from you. All right. So we did we, we did it. We covered all the general stuff. What This is what a pitch is. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will also say, another bit of advice would be to bring in visuals. I'm a very big proponent of bringing visuals into your pitch and it may just because be because for me I tend to write in big worlds like sci-fi fantasy um alternate realities and that and that often requires you to have visuals um in front of in front of you and back in the day before zoom what I would do is I would actually print cards that were um I think they were like five by seven they were they're pretty large because oftentimes you're at a big table so you need everyone in the room to see you and as I would pitch I would put a little indication in my script of where to put down a card so and I had them in a specific order <laughs> and so whenever yeah. I would pitch and I would lay down at the queue that one card and then as I'd go I'd keep building out these cards and suddenly on the table would be this Kind of collage of what the movie looked like and i found that to be extremely helpful like it gave it gave the producers something to look at while i was talking to them it gave them something to visually engage with and then at the end of my pitch they could see a visual representation of what i had just pitched and it seemed to mean a lot to the people i pitched to it really impressed wow. them it, it just um it really helped them understand what i was verbally pitching and cut to now with zoom um now we have like powerpoint or keynote or something like that that you can share either during your pitch if you're brave enough to try and do that um just with technology that can get crazy or yeah. after in a recent job i got what i did was at the beginning i said after this pitch i have some visuals i want to show you but i'm just going to do the pitch now and then afterwards i went through a powerpoint that's great so that's it i feel like those are the general bits of advice yeah and like you said earlier we're gonna this is like a series this is there's gonna be many more things about pitching so if we miss something we'll get into it later we will all right so that's kind of the general look at at pitches and what they are and um if you have any questions at all about pitching or anything else or topics you just want covered in this podcast you can now reach out to us at act two writers at gmail.com and uh don't forget also to hit us up on our instagram page act two writers hit us up hit us up 
<laughs> um, and I guess we'll leave with the quote of the day. Josh? Of course. <clears throat> the quote of the day. A professional writer is an amateur who didn't give up. Richard Bach. This episode of the Act 2 podcast was edited by Paul Lundquist. Music by 414 Beg, which you can find on Spotify. Spotify.